So when is the time that you felt like an outcast, but someone came along and made you feel welcomed? Um, I remember it was fourth grade, and it was towards the end of the school year, and um, at the end of the, towards the end of the school year, there was a kid that was having like an end-of-year party to celebrate another school year, and he had come in in the morning and put all the, the invitations on, on the chairs um, of the people he invited, and I thought I was friends with this guy, um, but I didn't get an invitation, and so I was confused by that, and so I went up to him. I was like, hey, hey, dude, um, I noticed I didn't get an invitation. Um, like, you know, is, is that accidental or whatever? And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, and kind of just like babbled on his words. And as a, as a fourth grader, I didn't realize that meant like you didn't get invited. Um, I didn't find that out until I got the invitation, um, like the next day or two. Got, got an invitation, but it wasn't the colored invitation that everybody else got. It was just a gray and black invitation. And, and I knew in that moment, oh, I wasn't meant to go to this party. But I still went anyways <laughs> because I got the invitation. Um, but what meant the most to me in that time is, is even though like, he wasn't planning on inviting me, and while that did in a way, make me feel alone or make me feel like I didn't belong, he still invited me and, and still let me come to his party to enjoy kind of celebrating the end of the year. And so for me, that still made me feel welcomed in that moment. And as we're going to talk about today, we need to invite broken people and outcasts into our lives. The whole idea behind this message is welcoming people to the party. And so, for you, when is the time that someone welcomed you to the party? As we're going to see um, in today's story with, with, with Jesus and what, what he's teaching different people, is that the outcasts are oftentimes the ones that are more willing to accept an invitation into a relationship with Jesus. So I want to dive into some background information of our story today. We're going to be in Luke 14, and... Um, uh, if you have scripture, you can go ahead and turn there. Um, if you have version, the, the Bible app, um, it's, a, it's a good resource for, for reading scripture. But also, if you go to the events tab, then you can find um, all the notes that are going to be given today, and all the scriptures are there in that same place. And so I want to give some background information about our story today. So Jesus was invited by um, the, this guy that was known as a leader of Pharisees, um, to, to have dinner with, with some of his friends. So while there, Jesus had noticed that like a lot of these people that were there were trying to sit towards the front w- with, with the host, which is known as the place of highest honor. And um, it'd be embarrassing if you were there, right? If you're up at the, at the front and then, then the people ask you like, hey, you gotta move. Like, you're, you're not as cool as this guy. You know, like, like, how would that make you feel like, oh, I got to move places just because I'm not as cool as this one? Or, you know, I, I can, can relate to this in, in how, like, for me, if I, if I had to move a seat um, based on my status, it would make me feel terrible inside. And I think we would all agree. And so Jesus advised these people, like, hey, why don't you go ahead and sit at what's considered the lowest place of the table 
so that when the host sees you, he, he'll invite you to a better place to sit. And after all of this, Jesus lays this truth bomb on them uh, in Luke 14, 11. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Write that down and circle it, because that's one of the most important truths that Jesus um, teaches, is, is humility is, 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 is essentially the, the beginning of us to love like Jesus. And so, um, we're not going to talk, hammer into humility completely, because we've already gone through that. In, in week one of the series, but those who humble themselves, as Jesus say, will be exalted. And so Jesus went on to challenge these religious leaders to actually invite outcasts to this feast, or to a feast, and he says this in Luke 14, 12 through 14, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind. And then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. So Jesus invited these outcasts in for a feast, or he told these religious leaders to invite them in for a feast. And during that culture, you only invited people who were worthy to be sitting with you. You did not go out of your way to pick people who were of a lower status than you to eat dinner with you. That's why he's saying, you know, to, to invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and, and rich neighbors, like, like that's easy, right? That, that's the easy thing to do, and, and you're, that will be your only reward is like another invitation from them to, to go and eat at their place. But he said, you know, extending it instead to invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the people that were seen as outcasts in Scripture. By doing this, they wouldn't necessarily receive a reward on earth, but instead they would receive an eternal reward for inviting these people who couldn't necessarily repay the favor. And so as we'll see today, people are saved by the response to the gospel, and as followers of Jesus, we should be inviting, um, inviting others into the love of Jesus, and specifically people who are known and seen as outcasts. So if um, we're going to spend some time, nine verses in, in Luke 14. Now, I want to read this story fully before um, diving into some, some other stuff. Um, but this is known as the parable, um, the parable of the great feast. So hearing this, a man sitting at the table, hearing Jesus' teachings, um, he exclaimed to Jesus, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. And another said, I have bought five pairs of oxen, and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. We all know it was really happening. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, There's still more room. And so his master said, Go out 
into the country lanes behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. So I honestly think that this parable of the banquet should challenge us to action. At first, the master, he invites all these, you know, probably people that are, are higher status, these people that, you know, are his friends, his brothers, people that are close to him. And, and, and all of them, basically, they accept the invitation, but they don't physically receive it. They receive it, but they don't take it to heart. And so for us, when we're so far up our own path of selfishness, we often refuse the invitation that Jesus has given us to follow him. Right? But not broken people. Not the people who are cast out by society already. Those who are abused, dehumanized, and literally have to beg to get by. The broken people are the ones who accepted the master's invite in this story, right? The broken people are the ones that Jesus came to save. If we accept that we're broken, we all are. That's, if you think you're not broken, then, then, then something's lying to you. You actually are because we're involved in humanity, and part of being humanity is falling into sin over and over again. But Jesus came to save those broken lives, our lives. We all need to do a heart check. Where are you with Jesus? Is your relationship doing well? Are you being prideful in your life? Do you feel your selfishness? Are you letting your selfishness rule your life? Do you ask for forgiveness and admit when you're wrong and you've done stuff that you're not supposed to do? Do you truly humble yourself before the Lord? When we work on humbling ourselves, Jesus will save us and lead us to reach out to other broken people. Often, the people that we call the hard-to-reach are often the ones that would flock to Jesus, but only if we're willing to give out the invite. Jesus loved broken people dearly, and he even used them for kingdom expansion. Um, one of the best, when I was thinking of this, like, like, like what's a good example for this? And, and the disciples are. They, they weren't professional religious leaders. Um, some were fishermen. Simon the Zealot was known as the Zealot because he had many other, him and many others were trying to overthrow the Roman government. Matthew was a tax collector, which was a hated profession by many. These unlikely religious leaders were disciples of Jesus and have become legends in our faith today. Peter was the cornerstone of the early church and, and in, in a way was the first preacher because he gave the first message of the church and many came to know Christ that day and were baptized. Thomas went on to be a missionary in India, spreading Jesus uh, before he became a martyr. And I could keep going, but we could be here all night of, of, you know, going through these stories of the disciples. The point is, Jesus invited people to be his disciples that most wouldn't. Often when Jesus asked them to follow him, they left what they were doing. And you might think, why? And when I think, why? And, and as I, you know, kind of study scripture, is, is because they were overlooked by other religious leaders to become their disciples. They were outcasts. And while others saw them as leftovers, Jesus said, I see potential in you. I see you as the leader of the church, Peter. 
And the funny thing is, when we read the story of Jesus inviting hot shots in to follow him, normally they don't accept the invitation. We all know the story of the rich young ruler, and he's like, you know, Jesus, what do I do? I have to, you know, be saved and, and follow you. And, and Jesus is like, you know, you follow all these commands. And, and he's like, all right, I, I've done that. What, what else do I have to do? And he said, sell your possessions and come follow me. And he leaves sad. So what if we were like Jesus? What if we invited broken people to the party the same way he does? So for, for you know, some, some maybe note takers, um, I have, have these, these three steps, I think, that come to welcoming people to the party of faith. And so if you're, you take notes, you know, just put at the top of your page or maybe where you're at already, welcoming people to the party. And the first thing is, we need to humble ourselves. Just so you know, um, you're not as great as you think you are. <laughs> I'm not as great as I think I am. Humility is huge in life, and humility was huge to Jesus. That's why we spent a whole teaching on humility in week one of our series. To love like Jesus, we need to be people full of humility. Simon Sinek, um, has anybody heard of Simon Sinek before? A few people. Adam was like, yes, let's go. Um, very awesome dude. He wrote a book titled Leaders Eat Last, and the main idea of this book is servant leadership. And, and Jesus was willing to get his hands dirty, right? Jesus was willing to come down and embrace humanity and saved us from our brokenness. When he traveled anywhere, he didn't send any promotions that said national renowned speaker, author, pastor. What, what he did instead was he just went and taught people. He just went and loved people. He went and showed compassion to people. He didn't seek to advance himself and his humanity, but Jesus sought to advance the kingdom of God. What are you advancing? I'm convinced, and this is going to sound very contrary and very weird, but I am convinced that our own Christianity is one of our biggest idols. And if I'm honest, one of the things that I struggle with is I have a lot of nerdy knowledge that I love to teach on, but I have to hold back from it. And that sounds bad too, but the reason being of, of, of I have all this stuff that, that I want to teach, but many times when I type it out, I feel, I feel the Spirit saying to me, who is this for? Is this for the, the people that you're teaching? Or is this for you to show your own knowledge? To puff out your, your own self to say? And so I have to delete it. I have to say, you're right, God. You're right. They, they don't need to know all this fancy stuff just because I want to teach it. What they need to know is your truth. And so think about it. Are you posting scripture because you truly want to help people because you know it'll get likes? Are you leading a care group or a small group because you actually care about the people in front of you or because you, you like the feeling of people noticing that you're the leader? Are you telling others about Jesus just to win at getting another person to follow Jesus or do you actually care about that person's salvation? It's tricky. 
For as followers of Jesus, we need to humble ourselves and make sure that what we're doing is actually for him and not for ourselves. Jesus died so that his message could spread, that he, he died to save us from our sins. And we need to elevate that message above the message of ourselves. The final words of the master in Jesus' parable is, is in, um, you know, with the, with the master and what he said in Luke 14, 24. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. So we need to humble ourselves. And we need to model truly a Christ-like, to be a Christ-like servant. What we do should serve the Lord and not ourselves. The second thing after humbling ourselves we need to do is we need to accept the invite. We need to accept the invitation that Jesus gives to each one of us to join the party. Um, if we look back at our story in Luke 14, 17, um, Jesus, Jesus is telling the story. And he says, when the banquet was ready, he sent, talking about the master, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. The man sent his servant to tell the guests he had invited that the banquet was ready. And Jesus invites us into a life of following him. And boy, is it a party. You know, there's a lot of hard times. And Jesus says there's going to be a lot of hard times. But there's also a lot of amazing times. Like, like, that's why one of my favorite things is when people get baptized. And, and, and specifically when people get baptized when people just start whooping and hollering and clapping and celebrating because it's a party. It's another person saved. It's another person who's accepted the invitation that Jesus gives each of us to come to know him and to eventually go spread the gospel to others. Because he had prepared this big feast, talking about the master, he wasn't going to let it go to waste. And so he sent his servant to extend the invitation to the broken people, the lame people, the people considered outcasts. When we humble ourselves, we see that we're broken people just like everyone else. We all have issues. As humans, we all do. But that's why Jesus extends the invitation to us. It leads to a party. Jesus welcomes each of us to that party when we accept that invitation. And then the third thing is extend the invite. The cool thing that Jesus does is that he often uses his people to extend the invitation to following him. The man in the story, he sent his servant, right? And Jesus sends us to invite others. After letting the man's friends know that the banquet was ready, they turned down the invitation, and then the man sent his servant back out and said, and the, the master and, and said this, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. We have a job to do. And our job is the same job that Jesus extended to the Pharisees. Extend an invitation to people who we know can't give us anything in return. Be careful with this. So, so what this doesn't mean is go find someone who, who could potentially hurt you and harm you and, you know, like, like, beat you to a bloody pulp and take everything you own. Um, by this, I, like, I'm meaning is, like, 
look around at campus and see who the people are. Like, like you can see in people's eyes when they don't have hope. Like, if you're aware of that, you can, you can literally see in their eyes, like, this person is having a terrible day, and you can see that. And so what, what, if, what if you went over to that person and just said, hey, and just try to talk to him for a few minutes? What if we look for people that, on campus that, that hardly anybody wants to hang out with, and you actually hang out with them. The people that are lonely and feel shame, guilt, and disgust because nobody wants to be around them. Being alone leads to dark thoughts, very dark thoughts. Jesus knew that, so he extended invitations to the outcast. The same goes for us. We need to invite people who are outcasts to be a part of our lives. And do you know what they'll often say, which in a way is pretty sad? Why are you hanging out with me? Within your soul, that, that is Jesus, we get to invite them into a life of following him. For me, he's completely transformed my life. And I hope for you that he's transformed your life. And that as, as you've had a transformed life, that that leads you into inviting people that, that are around you into a life of following him and attending his party. Could you imagine what would happen if we would do that? If we would extend the invite to people who, who, who are outcasts, people who, who are, you know, like, like people just don't want to hang out with or people don't really know who they are. Our campus could be radically changed with the gospel. It's easy to hang out with people who already know Jesus, right? But how can we invite people to the party when they're already a part of the party? can't happen. And so for us to welcome more people to the party and love like Jesus, we need to get out into the streets of campus and extend the invite that Jesus extends to us. So my, my challenge for us this week, before we go into a time of reflection, is who do you need to invite to the party of faith? Who is Jesus calling you to invite? Let's pray. God, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for who you are, God. I thank you that, that you've invited all of us to your party and to your family. And so, Jesus, I pray that, that we accept that invite, that we humble ourselves and, and see how we're broken people, that we would be a humble people, and that we would accept what, what you've placed before us. And that in that, that we would be inspired also to extend the invite to, to others, to people um, maybe we know who don't follow you, and also people, God, that, that, that are outcasts in the world. So Jesus, I pray that you continue to move in us and move in our hearts um, today. In your name we pray. Amen.
And so I have three questions um, for us to take like five minutes to, to think and pray on, um, to, to really, you know, think, think through this message. And, and the first question is, when has someone invited you along when you felt alone? The, the second question, and, and I guess you could say sub-second question, uh, who invited you to the party of faith, and how did that make you feel? And then the third one is, who do you need to invite to the party? So let's just take like five minutes, and then um, worship team can come back up and... We'll finish out with the last song. 